Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. We are excited to have Kristen Burgunder joining us here again today to talk more about the work she does. And we got to say welcome, welcome quick. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, well, before we <laughs> get into today's topic, uh, I this happens. This it <laughs> happens. Sometimes we start a little later. Or the phones don't work. Whatever yeah, happens, that's but okay. We're, we're happy to have through. you. Thank you so much. So, please uh, introduce yourself to our listeners to start. Sure. Uh, so, my name is Kristen Bergender. I am an interior designer. And I also am a real estate agent uh, focusing out of the Indianapolis area, Indiana, centrally located, um, and kind of mostly working on the north side of the city, but um, flexible as far as that goes, too. I've been known to go well over an hour from where I live um, in order to meet my clients' needs. So very flexible as far as that goes. Aw, well, we're excited to have you back here and want to tell people the name of the company, the website. It's Kristen Ann Interior Design, right? So that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-N-N, interiordesign.com. And uh, we're going to talk more, of course, about all the work you're doing today. And for today's big topic, uh, return on your investment. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So... I mean, kind of toggling with that topic between, um, you know, not just from an interior design standpoint, but also from a real estate standpoint, because when I meet with clients, so one of the first things that we talk about, I usually have a phone consultation first, not usually, always, I always have a phone consultation first. And something we talk about, usually, you know, if someone reaches out to me via my website, Um, or, you know, if it's a referral through another contact, I kind of know up front just based on the, you know, preliminary phone conversation or or how they've reached me, whether or not they've moved into a new home, if they're getting ready to sell their home. Like, that's one of the first things that they spit out to me. If they don't, um, I I ask that uh, simply because, you know, when we're working on projects for a home, whether it's you know, for you for two years, for you for five years, for 10 years. And, of course, you know, life has a way of throwing a curveball at you. So you make plans, but they change. <laughs> yep. But the way that we, um, you know, invest in our homes has a whole lot to do with the timeline in, in place, right? What are our goals and, and what do we foresee doing over the next few years kind of helps deviate how we spend money in our homes. So, uh, for example, I've been working with a client out of Westfield, uh, oh, I want to say for the past three to four years now, doing a number of different projects in her home. We remodeled her bathroom. Uh, we repainted pretty much the whole main floor. And then um, she did a couple little minor updates in her kitchen. She bought some new furniture for her living room, artwork, um, did some things in her dining room. Um, and told me about a month ago, and she said, you know, we're kind of getting closer to that two-year bracket. Um, and, you know, after her bathroom remodel, what's funny is it set off this whole, you know, spin of other things she wanted to do in her home. But yeah. she's being cautious because this is not her forever home. And so she, you know, she says, before we do anything else, can you come in? Um, Because over the next two years, we want to focus on projects that we think need to be done. 
uh, and where we need to focus our funds and our, our attention. And I think that that's so crucial because not every project has a return on investment, right? Um, you know, a couple little things, for example, I mean, everybody knows your bedroom or your bathrooms and your kitchen tend to be an area where, you know, a lot of people will focus, you know, especially through photos and things like that, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody loves to see an updated kitchen and updated bathroom, but depending on the state of your particular room, what kind of updates does it need? Mm -hmm. And does the function work right? Um, you know, so many of the showers I go into, you know, that layout, I don't know where you're at, Bill, if you guys have this, but here we see a lot of homes where you have like a little tiny, you know, 30 inch shower (laughs) and then this huge like spa bathtub that like four kids could go swimming in. Um, and that is something that a lot of people are removing and they're either putting in a standalone tub or they're getting rid of the tub altogether and just doing the shower. Um, But projects like that are very expensive and they're extremely expensive. And same thing with your kitchen, right? There are some things that you can do to a kitchen to give it a facelift, but if you've got that kitchen and you're, you know, ripping all the cabinets out and kind of just starting from scratch, you know, the cost of that, rather than a facelift that could cost you 15 to 20 grand, you know, now you're talking 40, 50, 60, 70, you know, depending on where you're at, you're, you know, three, four yeah. times the cost. So I think it's really important when you are going into a project of any kind, whether it is for yourself or resale or the potential of resale in the future, being smart about how those funds are allocated. Um, and making sure, again, you know, life happens. A, a job relocation comes up unexpectedly. Um, you know, there, there are things that happen in life where, you know, God forbid you just drop 50 grand in your kitchen and a year later you've got to move and you just bought the house two years ago and it sucks. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, that's not what was planned. Um, however, when you do pay attention to those things, um, those key areas of a home, so you know, for example, there's a few things. Um, you know, a foyer, for example. You know, everybody loves enjoying having, like, a, a really nice little mudroom area, and it's all cute and, um, you know, whatnot. But instead of, you know, devoting funds to that or making a staircase at your entry look glamorous, um, you know, does your how does the front door look? Can we replace just the front door to kind of help with that curb appeal for it when you walk in? And then you know, add some decor items and things like that to the foyer versus anything that is super costly because the front door will have a dual purpose. It's the first thing people see. It uh, has an impact on your curb appeal. Um, And, you know, just from walking in the hall, everybody that walks in and out, they're coming through that front door first. So Mm -hmm. that would be, you know, an area to kind of focus on. The one thing that I see that happens a lot um, I was just in a home. I'm working on a remodel project right now for an, an agent who is selling a home for their client. And what I see happen a lot in bathrooms, and this is, this is um, you know, like your open door and offer pads of the world, they do this too, where they go in and they do these facelifts and they, yes. they put lipstick on a pig. Oh, exactly. It's, uh-huh. It's, it's asking horrible, the right? problem. Yep. Yes. Um, and so, you know, you have like, for example, you have this vanity. 
you know, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. You can you can paint cabinets and you can put new countertops on, and, and in, in many cases, it may look really good. However, this home in particular, um, the vanity in in or the vanity in this um, second bath. I mean, this thing looks like it's from the 1960s. It is very obvious that it is just extremely dated, um, like beyond dated, not just those old golden, you know, cabinets, but just beyond dated. Um, And uh, the homeowner put brand new uh, granite countertops on, new sinks, new faucets, but we've got this, you know, vanity that's 50 years old. And it's like, okay, well, you know, now I've got to paint it or kind of do something to it to kind of give it a new life. However, at the end of the day, it's not going to change the fact that it's extremely dated. Yeah. And so that's what I'm talking about, like putting lipstick on a, a pig. Right? Mm-hmm. We've just kind of, we've done something to kind of make it look better and make it workable, but it's necessarily going to take away the attention that it may still need to be updated at some point for someone else's taste. Yes. Um, you know, same thing in a kitchen. You know, there are some cabinetry, um, you know, there's a really good solid wood cabinetry. Um, but then there is, you know, other where, you know, you go to open the drawer and, and it, like, damn near falls out of the, the casement that it's in. <laughs> yep. the, the wood is, is super uh. thin. It's all particle board, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And, like, Depending on the price point that the home is in, if it's, you know, kind of first-time home buyer attraction or maybe it's um, something that someone may buy as an investment as a rental, um, you can do things like paint the cabinets just to kind of give it a, a, a better, fresh look than, um, you know, a full-on kitchen remodel. But you just have to be very cautious when it comes to putting funds in those two places in particular because it can get expensive really fast. The other thing, and you know, aside from paying attention to all those pretty and glamorous things is, um, you know, if a home has a really fantastic kitchen or a master bath and it's gorgeous, but the roof's 25 years old, the furnace is 20 years old, the water heater is on its way out, and all of those, you know, major components from a maintenance standpoint require attention, there are a lot of people who are not going to look past that regardless of how pretty the home is because you have now taken away a cost in a bathroom that might have cost them 20, 30 grand, but now you're costing them, (laughs) you know, 30 grand and a new roof. And, you know, so I always tell people when it comes to trying to make a home look nice, of course, you can, we can discuss paint and a few little facelifts, maybe updating some faucets, light fixtures, you know, things of that nature. But let's make sure that we're not ignoring the maintenance of the home because all of those things um, will cost you more money in the long run. And from a resale standpoint, most definitely, um, you know, all of those things come up on inspection and such. And so, trying to make sure that the funds are spent in the right fashion. And so having conversation with a real estate agent, having a conversation with a staging professional, that's the service that I provide for other realtors where I go and I'm doing one today for a client of mine. She has a new property that just came available the other day. And she says, you know, before I spend any money, because I know it needs some updating, (laughs) 
can you come over to me so that I don't spend, you know, because people assume where they need to spend money and she says that I just want to spend it in the wrong places. Um, you know, there's some other large ticket items. You know, don't, um, if you do not have any um, plans to stay in your home for, you know, five to ten years, don't don't do things like put a pool in for the love of Jesus. Um, you know, <laughs> Nowadays, it's funny because a pool wasn't really much, you know, considered a return on investment uh, for the longest time. However, over the last two to three years, because pools, you know, went from being anywhere from thirty to fifty thousand to put in, depending on your hardscape around it, you know, you're not dropping a pool in your yard anymore for less than seventy-five grand, and that is like on a really really tight budget. The mass majority of people are budgeting about $100,000 to drop an in-ground pool in. Honey, I, 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 um, ju- I just did that this year. You are so right. But it was like 67 for the base for a 20 by 40. And then that, and then I had to get all the, the stonework done. Another like 60 something. It's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Well, and that's, I mean, in a pool, like, it doesn't have value Yes and no. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I always tell people it's like a 50-50 thing, right? It's wonderful to have one, but not everybody wants one. Um, And so the value that those had, now I don't think that like, you know, home values have shot up by any means because, you know, you have a pool in your backyard and appraiser's like, oh my gosh, well, it now costs a hundred grand at a minimum, but I should give that pool more value. It's not necessarily the case. Um, but I do think that people have had sticker shock. And now I have noticed that when people do have um, an attraction to having a pool, I have seen that homes with pools do tend to sell a little bit faster just because the cost of putting one in has gone up so drastically. Um, one area where people can, where I feel like there is a really good rate of return on homes, and it's simple, it's something that you can do for yourself. It's something that you can do for resale purposes is most definitely paint. I mean, the quality that you use. A lot of people who build new houses, um, the paint in of itself, you know, builders have kind of gotten away from giving people a wide variety of paint options um, in terms of color and finish and things like that. They always all put flat paint on because it is easy to touch up. It doesn't flash. You can do a small section versus a whole wall, whereas any kind of paint that has a sheen, um, it will flash. You will see those touch-ups. And so putting a good quality paint on your wall and, um, you know, neutralization of colors, if you will, things like that really go a long, long way. I always tell people that that's one area that if you want to do some improvement to your home, change the way it looks, change the way it feels. Color and quality paint are, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. It's always a good investment. Um, It is an area, though, that if you are a savvy painter, which I'm not, (laughs) you can save yourself quite a bit of money if you're able to do that project on your own as well as some others around your home. (laughs) Um, Landscaping tends to be one, depending on the time of the year, uh, when you move into your new home, as well as, you know, if it's for you or if it's for, for resale purposes, 
Um, that tends to be an area where sometimes people don't pay as much attention to as they could. And as you know, landscaping can get expensive extremely fast, but there is a really high rate of return on landscaping. Um, it is, you know, from the front, the back, everywhere in between, you know, you approach a property that, you know, is built on cornfields and there's just no trees. You have grass, but that's about it. Um, it is, it, it just the feeling that you get from it versus if you have a gorgeous patio and trees and, you know, just abundant amount of landscaping around it. Um, that always has a really good rate of return. It is worth the investment every single time. But of course, again, just like you would with a kitchen or a bathroom or anything else like that, keeping in mind what your goal <laughs> so that you're not, um, overspending in those particular areas um, dependent upon why you're doing them um, is always a smart thing to do. Um, you know, with the your flippers of the world um, that came into our market with a vengeance, a lot of people saw um, things that were happening that I think that will dwindle themselves out to some degree, if you will. Um, you know, most people that go into homes and want to improve for profit, um, they, they love for, you know, the roof to be new and the furnace to be new and all these mechanical things that they can just go in and focus on the pretty things, but that's not always the case. And the return on investment for those kind of projects, um, you know, if you're not doing a lot of the work yourself, I think that that's key first and foremost, whether you're doing it for you or you're doing it for an investment purpose, the more that you can do yourself, the more return on investment you're going to have. However, do not <laughs> make the mistake of, you know, hiring the $10 an hour contractor over the $20 an hour contractor because it saves you money. However, at the end of the day, it costs because they've done a piss poor job. Um, or they, you know, the quality of the work that they do is just not very good, and at the end of the day, it actually costs you more. I have that problem right now with a home. Um, I was not involved in the remodel process of this particular residence. Um, and this gal, she has updated a number of homes, and I've worked with her for a number of years, and I have told her time and time and time again, please, for the love of Jesus, hire a new contractor. Because every single time we have gone to sell her, her residences, I've pretty much got to the point that I won't unless she does an inspection first. Because the quality of the work that her contractor does, oh, it gives me heartburn. <laughs> it gives me such heartburn. <laughs> Because it costs her money every single time. You know, he's not a licensed plumber. He's not a licensed electrician. He did roofing for a number of years. So, you know, fortunately, he does a good thing there. But when she has him going to homes, he's touching everything. He's not a good painter. Like, you know, it's all these things. Like, uh, you know, we've got an issue right now where flooring that he put in, he put it in too tight and it's like buckling, you know. And so, you know, when you're doing these kind of projects for yourself, for your own home that you're going to live in, or you're doing them from an investment standpoint, the return that you're going to get out of that, you have to really consider the investment up front, the quality of the work that's being done, because if you're trying to save dollars, it can actually cost you money in the long run because you're not doing it the right way. Um, 
so being conscious of those kind of things is is absolutely key. Um, but one of the services that I do a lot is walking into people's homes and helping them delegate where they will spend funds, how they will spend funds. And based upon the um, amount of funds that they have to spend, um, you know, for whatever project it might be or if they're they're looking at it from a resale standpoint, um, being able to help them budget what that actually looks like and where those funds need to go um, is crucial and key uh, for sure. When people are doing a lot of independent projects in their own homes, sometimes they have sticker shock um, because the dollar doesn't stretch as far as they would like for it to. Um, the mass majority of projects that I do, unfortunately, they come in over budget, not under budget. <laughs> I think that happens a lot. <laughs> Well, I got to also mind, we skipped our break because I know we, we started late here today, but unfortunately we are out of time now. So we do have to wrap up for today's conversation, but it was That's a good one. You got everything nice. in. Uh, remind us how I we did. can reach out to you. Sure. So my name is Kristen Bergender. Uh, again, it's Kristen and Interior Design. Um, and that's the same thing as the website, www.kristenandinteriordesign.com. And as uh, Kristen with two eyes and uh, cell phone three one seven three seven six three three five one. Perfect. Well, thank you so much and wishing you a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving to you and your family. You have any good plans for tomorrow? You too. Are you home? Are you going out? Uh, yes, we are. We are actually host on tomorrow. We tend to, to be the, the hosters of the family, uh, which is fun but you know as stressful knows, it's a lot of work <laughs> yeah so yes we uh we're having family here tomorrow you guys are you guys going to be at home or are you traveling no i'm going to be home but to have a day off so we're really not doing anything except watching the macy's thanksgiving day parade and very quiet and my dad might be coming over that's about it my sister sees her family so today tomorrow's a day of just relaxation for me which i totally need <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes I love those where you just like get out of bed and stay in the PJs until noon and you don't feel bad about it. <laughs> okay, well, thank you again, sweetheart. Have a fantastic holiday and thank you for all the tips today. As always, it's a pleasure speaking with you and looking forward to the next time we connect. Have a great one. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.